0: And welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a biweekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Thanksgiving is right around the corner.
1: Right around the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so we're back uh, with another Thanksgiving episode. And the fact of the matter is that Jillian and I we're not sh- we're not cooks. No, I was no, de- chefs. Definitely we're, not. We're, we're definitely not chefs, chefs, and we're definitely not cooks. So, we always have to uh,
1: rely on others, rely on others, bring through. in the big
0: guns to <laughs> guide us through what to prepare on Thanksgiving and give you, the listeners, some tips you could actually use mm-hmm. if you actually cook, cook Thanksgiving actually dinner. Knows how you don't want to hear our tips for Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be about microwaving and buying. Yeah, things. I've,
1: I went to a Hibachi Grill for the past two years, so I, <laughs> I'm not very helpful. That's pretty dark. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well,
1: <laughs> it's a favorite of my dad's. What can I say?
0: So joining us today to help us through what to plan for our dinner and talk about Thanksgiving traditions is um, our friend and returning guest from Linoleum Knife, Dave White.
1: Hi. Howdy.
0: Welcome back. I'm so happy.
1: We're so happy to have (laughs) you here.
0: I'm so happy I get to be here. Yeah. We need all the help we can get, truly.
2: I'm your dude. (laughs) Thank you. I can can whip up a whole Thanksgiving dinner.
1: And I have no doubts about that because we went over to our lovely home to have... um, is a vegan meatball? Was it? Yeah, I guess we have, yeah. They were <laughs>
2: vegan meatball. Well, I'd have to look at the recipe again. They may just be vegetarian meatballs because I think there's a binding of of some kind of cheese in there as well,
0: which was fine for us because we also grated a lot of cheese. Yeah.
1: Dave it actually taught me how to
0: use a cheese grater. <laughs> so I think it was my first time I've ever grated my own cheese. And, and that makes it me sound me. super fancy. I w- always had other people grate my cheese for me. Well, Matt grated it for me because I was
1: too nervous to try my hand at it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jillian's t- too fancy. She can't, she can't touch the cheese. But yeah, that was, was a it delicious was so dinner. Delicious. And every time Filling. we see Dave, he brings us something new and delicious. And so we knew we had to go to him for more great ideas about um,
2: how to prepare Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. When I'm not being a film critic, which is my job, I would like to almost all the time hide from everybody and just be in the kitchen making some kind of food. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, friends are coming over, and then I can give them that food and they can tell me how great I am well, it's a good life if that's how you if that's... you can swing it that way that's yeah it's a good life for your friends too we appreciate <laughs> it listen when I made those uh they're lentil mm-hmm. based meatballs I had never tried that recipe before because it's a there's a place in New York called the meatball shop mm-hmm. and they have a cookbook And I saw the guys on Martha Stewart back when she had her own daily uh, live show with an audience. And they made these meatballs. And I thought, that looks really good. So I bought that cookbook. I started making those meatballs for friends. And everyone loves the ones with meat, like the the pork and beef ones and the chicken ones. But I had never made the vegetarian ones until y'all came over to watch Hocus Pocus with Alonzo. His big day. And yeah. i like, oh, they're both vegetarians. So now I can finally make these uh, lentil meatballs. And man, they were good. Yeah, they I turned really out really good. I wow. so oh, surprised because a lot of times I'll make vegan stuff for friends. I'll make vegetarian stuff for friends. And I think this sure would be better if there was some beef <laughs> <laughs> in it. But these were really these were so good that Alonzo even liked them. That's awesome. (laughs) He's sitting right here silently, (laughs) nodding his head that he did indeed love those. And
1: uh, they were very filling too, which I like. Sometimes vegan food is not filling. Yeah. But this this hit the spot, and I loved how you paired it with rice,
2: too. Well, yeah, because see, one of my cozy locations that is no longer a part of this city. Over in Santa Monica at the Arrow Theater, which is is itself a cozy location, there used to be a a diner across the street called Blue Plate. And for years, if I was going to a movie at the Arrow, first I was going to stop at Blue Plate and get the most childish thing their menu has, which is turkey meatballs over rice with marinara sauce and mozzarella cheese. Mm. It's in a bowl. And it's children's food, but oh man, so delicious, so comforting. You would eat that, go see a movie, and feel like everything was right in the world, yeah. and then they close the diner. So I'm really bummed about that. But you saved the recipe. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I never got that recipe, but pretty much any, well, fool, any fool can put it together. The legend yeah. continues through your work. Well,
1: children's, eating children's food as an adult is... in itself very cozy. Yeah, I yeah, love
0: stealing food off their plate. Like if I go to a restaurant, I'll just grab the plate yeah, from the kids. Yeah, I, I <laughs> love eating stop, children's I guess food. I can't grow
1: up with anymore. You
0: can totally dominate. They're gonna a kid starve that night. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, if, if
0: I, kids, they can handle it.
1: If yeah. I yeah. ate meat, I'd be eating chicken fingers all the day long. That's right.
0: true. When I first met Jillian, you could not.
1: I could not resist a chicken finger. She, yeah, <laughs> she, <laughs> she'd
0: do anything for a chicken finger, and you couldn't separate her from from the chicken fingers. <laughs> and then and then you became a little bit more of a true pescatarian yeah
1: now i'm just all about all about that salmon all about any kind of fish i guess
0: right i guess while we're on the topic of things that we enjoy let's dive right into our cozy thanksgiving-ified segment so instead of what's making us feel cozy Mm -hmm. this week we're going to share things that we're thankful for yeah I thought I'd bring the cat purr sound back since it's kind of gone now, since we got rid of uh, it for the other segments. Who'd like to get us started on things we're thankful for?
2: I'll do it. Okay. Thanks, Dave. (laughs) Alonzo has decided that I am most thankful for him, which is true. Uh He's a very good spouse. (laughs) Everything's great because of (laughs) Alonzo (laughs) Duralton. Alonzo's holding up cue cards right now. yeah. Yeah. He's he's giving me the face like you better say <laughs> no. Um I'll tell you, it's been a weird year uh with uh you know working as a freelance journalist slash you know podcaster, mm-hmm. whatever. We we run our own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and it's a business now that brings in an income. Yeah. And it has been a really it's been a really nice thing to have as a cushion when all these other jobs around us are just sort of falling by the wayside, and so you're entrepreneurs yeah uh so I'm very thankful for our patreon people mm-hmm. as well now, I'd say what I'm really most thankful for right now is this new flannel shirt that I just bought Looks cozy because I almost didn't do it. I hemmed and hawed over it for like two weeks because two other friends of mine own exactly the same shirt
1: from the same place
2: from it this is from LL Bean oh and they these two friends of mine own the same shirt same color plaid this is the gray stewart plaid flannel shirt from LL Bean it's it's a very handsome shirt i think so too and i've I long admired it on the internet and then one by one, these two other friends bought one. I was like, I will kill you. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to buy my own. And we'll go to Sears Portrait Studio and we'll have yeah. a photo taken. All of us <laughs> all wearing it as a family. And your Halloween costume then... is set for <laughs> <laughs> an extra be I'll, I'll yeah. mean
1: can sponsor you. And <laughs> exactly.
2: Then... Uh, but it's so soft. It's so nice. And, and flannel shirt weather has just come along to Los Angeles. Uh, The temperatures are in the morning, and the evening, are in like the upper forties, lower fifties. Yesterday was nice. I love how cold it is. It's really bizarre weather here because
0: LA is on fire, but also it's cold. I know. I felt (laughs)
1: really guilty because I I was having a moment where because I walked out of brunch and it it was overcast, like oh it's so nice, it's clouds coming to LA, and then I realized later no, Julian, that's the smoke.
2: That's the smoke. And then I felt terrible. Yeah. (laughs)
1: But still, it's it's nice that the the weather is changing here. Yeah. And but at night, it gets so cold. And when I first moved here, I wasn't used to the waking up freezing. So you don't prepare for it at night because it's still a little bit hot. And then in the morning, you wake up freezing. So I have to find that nice balance where I'm not waking up feeling.
0: I love it. I finally get to layer so again. So cold. And I can wear jackets. <laughs> yes. I'm in heaven. Aside oh. from the flames. The aside from fang. the flames, yes, which could engulf all of us by yeah. the time
2: this podcast airs. Yeah, if you
0: hear screaming at the end of it, that's what's happened. Oh, Dirk, I've just managed to hit the post button <laughs> right before the flames I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll de-
1: devour it our flesh. Uploaded to Facebook before.
2: Well, right now they're only <laughs> the, the, the 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 terrifying. I mean, this is legitimately terrifying. They're like thirty miles away from us. Yeah, yeah. which seems like a long way away but also is not a long way away. And so it kind of freaks me out. It does not make me feel cozy at all to even think about No, that. I've yeah. been
0: checking in with one of my cozy locations, which is the Cornell Winery in Agora Hills yeah. and wow. the old place which is right next to Cornell Winery. I they're still okay, but everything around them, they're posting photos on their Instagram the bridge has completely been destroyed. Right. And I'm not talking about a wooden bridge. I'm talking about a concrete and steel bridge right. is melted as
2: a melted mess. Yeah. And, and we, uh, how many people people have died? Yeah, it's a it's a really lot. tragic. And so I'm I'm very cautiously looking at the news all the time yeah. thinking do we need our go bag? Is it time to leave? Scary. Well, we just brought that. We just, we just yeah. brought the happy down. Well, From <laughs> well, L.L. Bean you gotta to the got to, to
0: have light, you have to have dark, life I think. Is, <laughs> life is all but kinds that of LL things Beans at the same f- time. Flannel.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what, were, what were we saying?
2: No, uh, life is all kinds of things at the same time. Yeah. Good and
0: uh, Good way of saying utterly it. terrifying. It is a very cozy shirt. I, I do want one. It's yeah. actually Christmasy too.
2: If you get one, then you can be part of the Sears Portrait Studio experience. Okay, then I'm definitely getting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got red nice in color. it. Color. It's got that red in it that you associate uh, with with boring people Christmas. <laughs> that I'm I'm kind of into that. Yeah. So yeah,
1: well, I love it,
0: Jillian. What are you thankful for?
1: Well, as listeners know, I just became a pet owner to two little babies. Um, two little H- have you have you
0: gotten to the point where you call them fur babies?
1: No, I have not cr- is, <laughs> crossed that threshold. Is that a
0: line you're you're not willing to cross? You
1: know, they have cute names as it is. I need to call them fur babies, Reese's and Snickers. So um, <laughs> I just very I finally <laughs> met them two yeah, nights ago. Matt met them. They're they're so sweet and, and Matt, they have really
0: distinct personalities. Yes,
1: Matt's the cat whisperer because I had one friend come over and they ran right under the couch and hid, but with Matt, they came and sniffed him and. He is able to play with them and whatnot, Um, so they're very receptive to him.
0: Yeah. Well, what people don't know about me is actually, um, I got thrown out of my work by my boss, and I fell among a bunch of cats, and then they licked my blood, and I came back to life as Catman.
1: Well, there you go. (laughs) That makes sense now. So,
2: like a very cozy Venom. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll come. Makes sense now. So yeah, they're really sweet. But right before I left, has running in a hurry I forgot my the candle we are going to smell sniff
0: but it all worked out uh, and i have a tale out. to tell once we get to the but candle but they part. threw
1: me off because they i w- opened the bathroom door and they were just tearing at the at the toilet paper and it's like the fifth roll that they've gotten through <laughs> so they're not eating it but they're just tearing it to shreds and so my partner's like if they get through another roll i'm just going to lose it so it's my fault cuz i left it in their reach, but, um, I'm still thankful for them I and mean, they, I, I, have no, I have no toilet paper anymore. Um, <laughs> so I'm thankful for Reese's and Snickers. Definitely thankful for Matt, um, doing this podcast. Aww. Yeah. It's always nice to see him every other Sunday or every Sunday. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, the usual suspects, my partner, um, just getting to work from home. I think that's really nice and cozy and I'm lucky that I get to do that. So,
0: well, I'm, I'm right back at you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our listeners as well, who have stuck with this podcast. And I still don't understand why you all listen to it, but I'm so grateful for
1: it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I love the group that we have on yeah. Facebook there. It's always fun to check in with that.
0: Absolutely. I got married this year, so I'm really thankful for mm-hmm. my husband, and that, that day was really beautiful. Things have been really great on that front, so I'm really thankful for, you know, happy partnership and <laughs> home. <laughs>
1: I wish I had an we L.L. Haven't. Bean shirt thrown in there. I know.
2: But. <laughs> well, you can go online and buy one. Yeah. It's, it's very simple.
0: But I, another thing I'm really thankful for this year is I've gotten back into some games that I used to play but stopped playing. And they've really gotten me out of the the house mm-hmm. a, in a really interesting way. And, and those games, there's two of them. So one's Pokemon Go. I'm playing Pokemon Go again. And they have community. Congratulations! Yo, thank you. <laughs> finally, someone I finally get the, the 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 credit I deserve for playing Pokemon Go.
1: Are there a lot of people that you have see on the game? Can you interact with people? Yeah, well,
0: that's the thing. So every month they do community days,
1: oh, and okay. it's a three
0: hour window where they release a special Pokemon, and it's the only time for you to catch it. And so if you go to certain parks, people have assembled to get together, and the whole the whole idea of it is. If you make everyone play during this really tiny window, you get to meet all the other people who play this game. And so I've gone actually all over the LA area for different community days, Mm -hmm. and there are still hundreds and thousands of of people playing this game. It's insane. (laughs) These parks are thronged with other Pokemon Go players. There you go. I feel feel so seen. I'm not alone. (laughs) And... You know what? The, but truly, it is the most touching thing because it is all walks of life, like every type of person you could ever imagine—young, old, everything, male, female, everything in between. There, like it's just everybody. Like who will from it's, the it's, tall it's, to the small, from the tall to the small. <laughs> right, everyone's playing Pokemon Go. Like people that you would you wouldn't expect are playing Pokemon Go. Like like your grandma and grandpa are out there playing it. And you're like, I didn't even know you could use your phone properly, but here you are like catching there Pokemon on it.
1: Brings people together. Yeah. So.
0: And, and then also it's just like all the lots of families and it's just a really sweet community atmosphere. And I, I just went to one yesterday and it gets me out and I'm exploring parts of the city. I wouldn't normally go to just to see other Pokemon go players. And now I'm part of a discord group and, it helps do raids, and they're so everyone's so nice. And it's kind of in what has been a pretty dark couple of years. It's an it's affirming that people are really sweet and kind to each other in their local community. The other game I've been really getting into is Magic the Gathering, which is a game I used to play in elementary school, but have gotten back into recently. Mm-hmm. And that's the same sort of thing. You go to a comic book store, you go to a game store. You you just have to interact with people in order to. Learn about what cards are coming out. You know, sometimes I want to buy specific cards. You have to talk to people to get to, to find and trade those things. And so, I really am enjoying these social games. And just even even if I am not totally as immersed in those communities um, as I could be, I really enjoy knowing that they're there, and it makes me uh, have a little hope for humanity and all the sweet things they choose to. We all are using to kind of waste our time, but enjoy. <laughs> just who's nicer?
2: Pokemon Go people or Magic the Gathering? Oh, Pokemon people. Go people, no question.
0: <laughs> Pokemon Go people are just happy go lucky, like, oh, I caught a Pikachu! Wow! And then right. Magic the Gathering is like, I will, I have summoned my <laughs> okay,
1: <sorry. laughs> my zombie whore to crush you.
0: Yeah, it's. I, I have spent a thousand dollars on this deck just so I can watch you squirm. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's. Magic the Gathering people are more intimidating. I see. because you have to be really really into it to get really good at it. Oh. And so it's right. the, it's that kind of mm-hmm. learning curve thing where I'm still a little scared to play in game stores because right. everyone is super serious about it and right. I'm still like I made a deck of just wizards. Let's see how this works and they're like <laughs> you fool.
1: But I could do Pokemon Go. I could just yeah. any old
0: Yeah. Schlub Anyone can and should play Pokemon Go. It's really that's it's there's nothing to it. You just flick your screen and the ball catches the Pokemon, and you're done. Okay. There's really maybe, nothing maybe to I'll it. I'll
1: come to the next community yeah. day.
0: So I don't have to run anywhere? No. In right. fact, they just had a new feature. We're all turning into advertisements for clumsy our respective and I things. things. I fall down a lot. So. <laughs> no running involved. All right. And now they have it, so it, it hooks up to your um, iPhone health app. And so you can have the phone off and it'll track your steps. Got it. And that, you know, that helps you mm. ca- um, get candy from your Pokemon, which help you evolve it. Or you can catch eggs. No one cares. But it's it's <laughs> it's a good uh, development in Pokemon Go uh, well, life. Well, it brings
1: you joy and that's what matters. That's Indeed. what matters, yeah.
0: And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. So now that we've shared what we're thankful for, I think it's time that we dive right into our <laughs> Turkey Day discussion. I actually hate <clears throat> the word Turkey Day. Yeah. But I'm, sometimes you just got to find a new way to say Thanksgiving.
2: <laughs> I, I've i never really called it Turkey Day. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't think I have One either. thing
2: that I've been hearing in the past few years is this weird phenomenon that I'm... I don't have an official opinion about it yet, but I think I'm against it. When people who are not your family mm-hmm. are the people that you're oh. spending Thanksgiving with people decide that they're going to call that Friendsgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, no, it's still Thanksgiving. You've chosen the people you're going to be with. It's still Thanksgiving. You don't need to come up with some sort of sad replacement name. Right. It's kind of like when people, they do this at Christmas more than Thanksgiving. When people say, oh, I'm an orphan yeah, at Christmas. And I'm like, no, you're not. Do you have a friend circle? Are you going to hang with them? Then you're not an orphan. Mm-hmm. Be be happier yeah. <laughs> than that. Um, having said that, we're traveling this year for Thanksgiving. We're going to go to New Mexico to be with my side of the family. Oh, cool. I don't know what the food situation is going to be like there. But I do know what the food situation would be like at my home mm-hmm. if I were cooking all the Thanksgiving food. And so just so I can make sure that I have that, the Sunday before uh, we leave, we're actually having a Thanksgiving meal for some friends at our place.
1: But you won't and call it Friendsgiving. We
2: jokingly refer to it as Fakesgiving, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. But it's not. Um because it's everything I want to eat. So that's deeply Thanksgiving-ish yeah. for me. So you're having two Thanksgivings. Yes. One that I'm not responsible for at all and one that I'm... in. Almost entirely responsible. It's gonna. It'll
0: be your fantasy Thanksgiving,
2: yeah. essentially.
1: Well, you get both, both of both worlds because you get to cook what you like doing, and then yep. just show up, which is also enjoyable. I yeah. bought
2: I bought a twenty two pound turkey yesterday. Oh my god, oh. you're ready!
0: It's coming up so fast. Yeah. It
1: really is. We're
0: even going to have to break our uh, two week cycle just to release this episode ahead of the holiday. This is right. going to come out the Sunday right before. So a
2: week from today. Yeah, a week yeah. from. Mm-hmm.
0: We're recording this on the day that our last episode just came out. So. Yeah.
2: So, the behind the scenes, but (laughs) nothing makes me happier than to buy a turkey that is too large because I know that after all the friends have eaten that turkey, there's still going to be a couple pounds of meat Mm -hmm. left, and then I can make a turkey tetrazzini. Mm. Y'all know what that is. right? I don't. Okay, inform me. I'm ready. This is an old timey casserole that is. And you don't have to use turkey. You can use chicken. You can use uh, uh, like the tofurkey chicken or whatever that they sell. That's all in little chunks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, a you make a, a, a roux like a cream sauce with a variety of vegetables, carrots, peas, mushrooms primarily, with an onion base. That's just for flavor. The onion really just disappears into it after uh, after you've cooked it and then you mix in your turkey meat or chicken then you pour all of that into a large baking dish mm. full of already cooked uh or at least al dente cooked linguini or other thick uh kind of pasta not thin spaghetti but something like linguini or bucatini or something like that you mix it all up you cover it with cheese and bread crumbs and then you bake it for about thirty minutes to get it all hot and bubbly. That sounds good. Oh man, that sounds amazing. That sounds really good. Oh, I never heard is, of it, but I'm, it is so so delicious. I'm it's really an old. It's very old school. It's the kind of thing that you might get in a cafeteria hot lunch back. You know, well, when I was a child, that was the seventies. But you don't hear people talk about it much anymore. You don't see people making it very much anymore because it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy comfort food and you know people are all obsessed with carbs and things and so right. this is this is not just carbs but it's like creamy
1: the cheese
2: stuff there's like the the base the the sauce has heavy cream in it and man it's the greatest and so as much as i love thanksgiving i love being able to make that like four or five days after the fact with all that leftover turkey that meat. that sounds great and so, if you want a good recipe for it, go on the internet and look up uh, either, I kind of go with a combination of the two. Yankee Magazine, that magazine that's specifically about New England. Oh, it's not a Yankee Candle magazine. I've yeah, that's had, what I assumed. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I-, I assumed I'm already it was a Yankee Yankee yeah. Magazine has been around forever. They had a recipe, that was the very first time I ever got that recipe. But then now, of all people, and I wasn't really expecting this, um... From her, because I tend not to be into the things she makes. But Jada has a good turkey tetrazzini uh, recipe online as well. So I kind of mix those two recipes together and then do it that way. So if you're interested in learning how to make this, it's not hard. It's just there's a lot of steps. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of preparation. You've got to, you know... Shred a rotisserie chicken, or bake your, or roast your own, and then shred it. You know that kind of thing. But
1: it's not soupy. It's sometimes no, casseroles can it's get. It's not
2: soupy, soupy at all. It's it's solid.
1: That's what I. That's I, could yeah. I could live, really live off casseroles
2: alone. Honestly, yeah, you, you
1: like a good casserole. I you love make, casserole. He makes casseroles
0: right. I, I really only can bake. That's the only thing I really feel comfortable doing is throwing everything in a pan. Yes, and then putting it in the oven and just letting it do its thing right and if I have to like you know turn things over I can do I can do that <laughs> but the the delicate like steps of cooking where you have to like prepare your ingredients and and you That's- know s- some things you have to put in the skillet or like there's an order to, it's everything's so time based and, and that it is like that with uh baking too but at least with baking, it feels like you get to this culminating moment and there's a little bit more of a room to fudge things Yeah, until, until it's finally just all in there and you put it in and, and you're done. Um mm-hmm. So casseroles are my favorite things to make because I can just fret over it f- until it's all in the pan and then I can forget about it. I
1: think the most excruciating cooking experience I had was making a wet cheesecake. Is it... No, not I have cheesecake. a vague memory of this. When you, did you do that? I try to make a pumpkin cheesecake, and I had never used those pans that, um, those special pans used for cheesecakes. I forgot what this spring, they're called. Spring form, a, yeah, spring form. Yeah, springform. I never used one before, so that was in itself a scene. <laughs> <And> we we <laughs> talked about that,
0: I think, on our The Great British yeah, Bake Off. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. trying episode. to put it
1: in a bath cheesecake bath. Um. So. Oh right. Yes. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's just too much for me.
0: Now now you're just focused on cat bath God. so yeah lots of cat baths um
1: but yeah i mean i think I, over time i've gotten better at cooking and i talked to matt about this where i tried to make more dinners at at home and really right. experiment with that stuff. lately
0: jillian's been trying to coach me through like she's been sending me recipes and yeah was, like, little things to make and
1: it never it always looks terrible on a camera phone
0: <laughs> and no, I'm, they look se- good. I'm
1: sending it to him and it looks probably disgusting but i'm trying to cook more i think with Desserts are just, for me, more scary, and right. I'm not as good at I don't think. But
2: Nothing looks good on your phone.
1: No, that's what I've learned.
2: And the sad thing is on the social media when I see people posting the food they just made, and I think, I bet that's really delicious. It looks like a dog threw up on that plate. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> yep.
2: But I bet it's really delicious. That's why... Almost nothing that I make is photogenic. like you I, I I'm happy if it's tasty, but it doesn't it almost never looks good. And I have two friends who are food stylists and photographers mm-hmm. and the tricks that they have to do to make things look beautiful are uh, wind up actually making the food inedible. Because they have to brush oh, yeah. stuff Glaze on it, it these and... chemical what are things. Some of yeah. the, what do they have to do to make it look pretty? They have to like arrange everything with like tweezers, and they have to, you know, the lighting has to be perfect, and they they spray it with these sort of like glistening, mm. you know, mm-hmm. material. Yeah, and and by the end of it, it's like, oh well, the thing that was just made for this photo shoot now has to be actually thrown it's a away. Twisted food. <laughs> you cannot eat it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's they... part of the process of. Photographing food for a commercial uh, project. Oh, like uh, of course. That's yeah. Hollywood for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, they'll just, they'll make you glisten and gleam and then they'll throw you right in the trash. So nothing, nothing ever looks as good as it looks in a magazine. Yeah. I'll, or, I'll
1: just share the photos I sent to Matt of yeah. the meals I'm trying to get him to make. <laughs> they look terrible.
0: So since Julie and I are so awful, <laughs> as we just walked through <laughs> at like larger meal prep and even, like, just discussing our Thanksgiving plans, I'm inching closer and closer to just buying a, a pre-made meal at one of the, Why like, not? vegan restaurants right. versus making one, and we'll see what ends up happening, but...
1: Put in your order soon, though.
0: Yeah, it, that's true, And because my, my mom is visiting, so it'll just oh. be my mom and uh, Brett and me, and, and so it's going to be a, a small family's giving.
1: Yeah, fam's giving.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's not so stupid about it. Like, it's, it's still Thanksgiving. It's not like a... It's right. Tea Gives. Anyway, Tea Gives no it's it's about like if it's for three people is it you know do i want to go through all the the blood sweat and tears yes. hopefully not too much blood <laughs> in the food preparing all of that but i think ideally like i i love like just showing up with a dish to a larger thanksgiving like that's ideal to me yeah right so so dave we need you walk yes. us through what are some go-to recipes that you like to prepare like what are well, tips you that, have for Thanksgiving? there's that turkey yeah so so what do how um, do you
2: prepare your turkey Very, very simply. And this is from Martha Stewart. And she was right. Uh, She's always right. (laughs) But one day I was watching her show and she said, I'm going to show you a faster, easier, simpler, really delicious way to handle your turkey. You stuff the cavity with nothing but herbs. The four big ones, parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme. Shove them all in the cavity of the bird, then get your hands up inside the skin that separates the skin from the meat up on the breast, and you can do it. you won't tear it at all it will it will It will cleanly separate in a way that will allow you to shove in as much softened butter as you possibly can. <laughs> And what that will do for your turkey is sort of baste it on the inside the whole time you're roasting it. Then you roast it at a high heat for a short time rather than a low heat for a long time. People roast their turkeys for a long, long time at these lower heats and they come out tough and dry. And that's why people will erroneously say at Thanksgiving, well, turkey's no good. It's always dry, but it doesn't have to be lots of butter under the skin, fresh herbs in the cavity around the bird. you want like onions and carrots and celery to roast
1: mm-hmm.
2: underneath it while you know you've got water in there too, so that by the end of it, what you've got is a something resembling a stock that you can then make gravy from, and I cheat on gravy. I tend to use that stock and mix it with uh William Sonoma makes a turkey gravy base that is really delicious. So many and, tips. <laughs> and you just make it. It's a little pricey. It's like $12 a jar. Uh but totally worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and we always buy it like, you know, October. That's good for gravy. And, and you don't have to use a, a, a helping thing. I just by the time the turkey's out of the oven and carved and ready to go I'm I'm not thinking about going back to the stove to whip up some gravy for everybody out of the mm-hmm. thing that just came out of the oven I want a little more calm in the kitchen and so I those are that's one thing I do to cheat I got to have biscuits and the best biscuits that I have found are that she didn't invent this recipe. She got it from someone else, but she put it in her cookbook called Moza at Home. It's from a, a, a recipe from Nancy Silverton that requires five sticks of butter. and like some Paula Deen level yeah, of butter. Yes, a lot of butter. Five sticks of butter that you turn into a dough that you then – Laminate, y'all. Y'all know what no. it means to laminate dough. So you get the dough, you make your make your dough together with like all this butter, and you have to freeze the butter, and then grate the butter so that it's finely shredded throughout the the dough. I use a food processor. I stick a I put a stick of frozen butter down into the grating uh, utensil in the food processor, and that does it in no time at all. So five sticks of butter grated will take you two minutes mm-hmm. in a food processor. You you mix it up with your flour, you turn it into dough, and then you flatten it on a on on your rolling, you know, surface, and it's kind of like a shaggy mass. It doesn't even resemble dough very much. And you start folding it into thirds, like you're folding a piece of paper to put mm-hmm. into an envelope, roll it out, fold it again into thirds, roll that out. So you're folding and rolling like two, three, four times and then you you uh you cut it into squares and then you freeze them solid and you put them frozen in the oven and you know those flaky biscuits that you buy at the grocery store yeah. like you the pre-made dough that turns into a flaky biscuit that you can just peel the layers off of mm-hmm. that's what this turns into oh nothing okay. better than a flaky only homemade this requires a level of trust in the process, because when you're doing it, you're thinking, I have already failed. I can't see how this is going to be a biscuit mm. eventually. Because it it's just a mound, and you shape it into what it's supposed to be by the folding and the rolling. And by the time you're done, it's a dough, and it is shot through with butter. And in the oven, that butter releases its moisture, which is what makes all those layers. Because they just puff up and they get tall. So when you put it in the oven, is it
0: like these little circles, like flat, that are in the like on little, the pan? like
2: little, like little square pucks? Okay. Yeah, and they're solid, frozen solid. So the oven unfreezes them, causes them to steam, mm-hmm. oh. and 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 is really what is responsible for making those layers. Uh. Oh. That and the the butter and the folding and the rolling and that's 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 laminating dough. How long does that process take? It takes a minute. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm
1: wondering how you manage to stay organized throughout it all because when I ever have all my ingredients everywhere, yeah. And what what's your process for staying on track, having all your ducks I will tell like in you,
2: Alonso laughs at me, but this is this works. I have a a plan. Like I I have a each dish, I know how much time it's going to take. I know how long it has to be in the oven or how long it has to cook for and so I start at the time I want everything on the table and then I work back so that I know that 20 minutes before serving the turkey that's when the turkey has to come out of the oven and it has to to rest for a minute and then it's going to get carved on the table by Alonzo who is the carver of the house I I know that the biscuits have to go in right after the turkey because they need to be hot and ready to eat. And like, you don't put anything on these biscuits. They are so buttery, you don't put a damn thing on these biscuits to eat them. If I have any other things that are going on the stove, I've got those timed out. So I have a, a, a written down schedule of what exact time is when I start to make that thing. And I try to limit it to one complicated thing, if any, if there's a, a recipe that requires a lot of steps or some 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 skill that is like maxing out my skill level. And my skill level is straight up medium. I'm not great. If you're medium skill level, I know, then I'm I like, am like, yeah I don't know what's this. going on with this. <laughs> like for example, one thing I love to make at Thanksgiving, but don't always do it is this cornmeal spoon bread that you make on... At first, you make it on the stove, and then you put it in the oven to bake up and rise. It's sort of like a cornbread souffle. It's got all this creme fraiche in it. And it's staggeringly delicious. But it's complicated, and it tests my ability yeah. to get things done. What what part of it is the most challenging for you? The stovetop stuff. And then, because, that, because you have to add... You have to add your ingredients in very quickly and stir it until it's just right and too little and it's not good and too much and it's not good. So you have to really be paying attention. You have to have everything together. Your your, your mise en place has to be all together. Mm-hmm. So all of your ingredients have to be ready to go.
1: Yeah, that's why I think cooking is so hard for me because <laughs> I'm just so scattered that yeah. if you're very methodical, which is, I think, why you're so successful... At cooking,
2: I I I don't trust myself to do things spontaneously. I don't invent recipes. As that's my next I just question was, them. if you
1: invented anything, no, okay?
2: No, no, I'm not a chef. Chefs are creative people who can invent something. I am not that. I need a chef to give me a recipe, which I will then follow meticulously. Yeah, and not leave anything to chance, which
1: is a skill in itself.
2: And have I you ever have. come close to inventing something? No. What I'm I'm looking at my husband right now to find out if there's anything. I can't think of anything. But I don't laugh at your schedule. He laughs at my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so um now I can't think of a thing. Like I'm 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 too afraid of ruining the food.
0: You yeah, know? That, that would be my fear.
2: Wasting food is is the worst thing I, you can do. Because then you've just thrown money into the street. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: As a result, usually I'm pretty traditional in terms of what I prepare for myself. But my husband is the king of just like... Mr. Stir Fry. Oh, yeah, Mr. Stir Fry. <laughs> whatever is around will throw yeah. something together well, in, the, the in the strangest, thing. Th- in the yeah. strangest way. And it, it often is very good. But I would have never thought to like combine that tub of hummus we had in the refrigerator with the tofurkey thing and, and to right. this wrap or something. He has that sort of like... I don't know, confidence and yeah. freedom of mind to like put all that stuff together for me. I'm like, I would never put those things together and I never will.
1: And the more assemb- like the assemblage issue. Yeah. Like my partner is great at assembling things because, you know, she actually worked at Subway, which comes in handy today when she's, she was a, a teenager. She's a sandwich artist. Yeah, she, yes. she's a sandwich artist. so She's excellent at cutting things, putting together sandwiches. Um, but with me, I don't know. I guess I never learned how to hold a knife properly or cut <laughs> properly. It's just a hack job or something whenever I try. <laughs> right. But I'm more like a Brett where I can kind of sense so it works. But when it comes to the assemblage and presentation, it would it's just all chaos from there.
2: The great thing about a stir-fry is that that's sort of if you have a bunch of leftover rice in your refrigerator and you have other things that you already know have gone into stir-fries that you've enjoyed, then they're easy. And that that's a a kind of invention. Mhm because you're really just throwing in what you have in the in the refrigerator yeah. right and what you think will taste good together you know yeah and everyone has their tastes in stuff like no two people have the same things in the refrigerator regularly like mm-hmm. if you always have hummus if you always have tofurkey, you know those things will probably work together well in a yeah in a stir fry you know um
1: and they're easy to save like i I made two wet of rice um i didn't put in a i just threw in some uh, a cup of water that I didn't mean to, but I took it and I put it in a frying pan and I made it into this really nice crunchy rice, which is really good. So there's those happy accidents where something comes yeah. out terrible and you can save it and it comes out better.
0: Often, even when I screw up what I'm making, I still enjoy eating it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Oh, yeah. It's just sort of yeah. like if I were have pe- having people over, like for right. Thanksgiving, I would be so down on myself because it wasn't perfect. Um, but when it, it, when it's just me or my husband, I'm like, I don't care if this looks good or if it right. is a little bit off. Like, if it's edible, it's fine. Just I
2: give myself permission to not have everything perfect, mm-hmm. even when friends yeah. are coming over to eat. Because very often, they don't always know this, but very often I'm just kind of guinea-pigging them on a new recipe, mm-hmm. finding out if it works, um, knowing that they'll forgive me, if it didn't work out perfectly, because they're getting free, they're getting a free meal, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, they, I was a happy guinea pig. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, y'all were the first people mm-hmm. I made those lentil meatballs for, and I thought, well, I hope it works out. I hope they're delicious. And it, yeah. yeah, it did, and then it turned out hap- That was a nice happy uh, moment that I followed a recipe successfully. So I have you know my plan, and I. I I have a timetable and I make sure all my ingredients are there and pre-chopped and ready to move. And that's kind of how you orchestrate like four or five things on a, yeah. on a Thanksgiving table. I make sure that I make sure that some of those things are things that can sit. Salad for a while can sit. Turkey can sit for a while while other things are being prepared. I have a go to carrot recipe. That I love. Huh. That is from a cookbook, and I'm blanking on the name, but it's from this guy named David Tannis. It's T A N I S. It's it might be Heart of the Artichoke. It might be his other one because he's got two or three. And all he does is he slices up carrots into little, you know, medallion sized, you know, uh circles and sautes them in butter and a little olive oil and a lot of. Saffron, Mm. and saffron is expensive, so I I buy it little by little throughout the year because I know that come autumn I'm going to be using it a lot in things like those carrots. It just adds so much to the flavor of them, and they're not mushy. They're still sort of you know, there's still a bite to them, and that's something you can do on the stove, and it can just sit for up to like thirty minutes on a warm stove and still retain its you know, readiness and it's warmth. So you kinda have to plan like what's going in your oven. You know, if you're the kind of person that has one of those nice kitchens that has two ovens, then lucky you. Yeah. And lucky you can put you. you can make your green bean casserole or whatever. Mm-hmm. The lady who invented that just just passed away. She just died.
0: Oh recipe oh. that that's my that's my favorite. I think I'm sure I, I discussed like that in the last casserole. episode. That's my favorite Thanksgiving uh dish is green bean casserole. Yeah. It's Lovely. It's the one, it's the recipe on the French's uh, onion. That you need. <laughs> uh, What's <laughs> in a green
1: bean casserole other than the green beans?
0: I mean, it's just cream of mushroom soup, yep. green beans, all tossed together. Yeah, it's just you open up cans, you toss it into yeah, the, the thing. It's
2: super easy. You,
0: you sprinkle some fried onions on it, and you put it in the oven. That's that's a really. I mean, there's a little bit more to it than that, but there's that's there's that's not essentially much it. more to it than that. I think yeah. I forgot pepper. That's the only thing you else. Know, you know, if put you want
2: to get fancy and make it from scratch, you can. But come on, I don't know that it would affect the the taste at all. The Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Yeah, I have some cook some friends who are cooks who like don't want to hear about that kind of thing, (laughs) but I'm like, you know what? They've been doing that for a long time. It tastes pretty good. So just, just throw it in there. (laughs) Let that be your, let that be your base for the green bean casserole.
0: It's just easy. Yeah. And to me, like if, if I just had that and a pumpkin pie, that would be, those are the signifiers of Thanksgiving for me and I'd be totally happy. I like sweet (laughs) potato pie more than pumpkin pie. I really can't tell the difference, personally. Why, why sweet potato pie? Because I love sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. No, no, no real you know, philosophical I'm always reasons. satisfied with both, because to me, they, both, like they, a pumpkin they, they pie. taste yeah. pretty
2: similar to me. I what like are, a pumpkin pie. What but about potatoes? Sweet potatoes got the edge for just,
1: me. Just like, do you have a mashed potato that you make? Uh...
2: Alonzo is really good at making mashed potatoes, and I often mm-hmm. farm out that responsibility to him. What's his trick? Garlic. Um heavy cream horseradish, which is surprising to some people perhaps. Uh, but it gives it gives it that little kind of like kick. And not too much. You don't want to hurt people, but he makes really nice mashed potatoes. And I I like to I like him when the, he leaves the skin on the potatoes. Yes. Um I don't need a creamy puree, although I really love a creamy puree mashed potato. I also like them kind of hearty and lumpy. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I like it all I, forms. I, I can yeah. appreciate both.
0: I, I'm a little more on the the lumpy and skin side. I yeah. kind of like that. It's just the textures is yeah. richer for me.
2: Yeah. So we do that, um, and I don't know if Alonso invented that recipe or not, but but either way, it turns out you know beautifully. Uh I like to make collard greens. I know that's not everyone's favorite thing, but I'm into it mm-hmm. and I've actually served them at Thanksgiving before and I've been like one of two people that ate them. But really? I, mm. Oh man, I'm super into them. I think they're uh, delicious. I mean, yeah. but usually there's
0: a meat element in most collard green recipes. Smoked turkey,
2: smoked turkey wing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right? And some and some some ham. In it, I always found well. that too, like, cause it, when I would do potlucks, a lot of times someone's bringing collard greens and it's like, Oh, yeah. this is delicious. And I think I'm eating something vegetarian, but no, then you not. realize I am not. You're absolutely <laughs> not. No. So I've kind of stayed away since then. But yeah. The, uh, I, I liked it when I didn't know what I was
2: eating. And my new favorite, uh, dessert thing to make for people, uh, anytime in the fall or spring, or if there's a cold summer day, I'll do that too. The last time I was here on the show, uh, I talked about a book that Alonzo had given me for Christmas by Ruth Reichel. It's called My Kitchen Year. I mentioned it. And it's right here. It's right here, with it's Dave right right here now. in front of me. I brought it with he me. He carries it with him wherever he I goes, do. actually. It's my, it's my, it's my food <laughs> Bible now. Uh, no, what I, there's a recipe in here for a gingered applesauce cake mm. with a caramel glaze that has become not only our favorite thing to have as a a dessert. But it's simple enough that pretty much anyone can make it if you have a Bundt pan, because it's a Bundt cake. And every single person that I've made it for has flipped for it. It's a cake made with uh, applesauce and uh, uh, fresh ginger that you grate into it. And then while it's cooling, you make this... Uh, caramel glaze on the stove, and that just requires sugar and heavy cream and a lot of stirring. So you're just whisking it for 30 minutes,
1: you know. Well, I like uh, the way it sounds. It's and then like you the pour it over the
2: cake. It's man. It sounds like it'd be nice and moist. It is. It is all of those things, and that caramel glaze on top really just like knocks Takes it out it. of the park. Yeah, I, I I've made them. Where it's just me and Alonso <laughs> at the house. Why not? And it's two days. It's gone in two days because we can't stop eating it. It's. I mean, it sounds amazing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's in this Ruth Reichel book, and uh, I rec. I heartily recommend this book because um, there are so many very, very comforting things to eat.
1: It sounds great. In this,
2: uh, it's called My Kitchen Year. My Kitchen Year. Yeah, and uh i've been working my way through it like all year long because it's stuff she's made all year except for the summer recipes which usually require an oven mm. you know she lives in new york she's got ac she can turn her oven on mm-hmm. in the middle of summer mm. not my house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm in los angeles with no air conditioning so the oven stays off from like july to the end of september yeah mm-hmm. it's all crock pots and stovetop and Cold things yeah. in those I three need, I need to get a crock pot.
1: Yeah. That's a huge, that's it's a good. thing that's
2: really missing from my kitchen.
1: It's a must-have.
2: I really rely on mine in the summer. I know people tend to think of crock pots as a cozy winter uh, mm-hmm. situation, but for me it's a summertime thing because if I want a hot meal in the summer, I don't want to turn on the oven. I, I just can't. Uh, but a crock pot will make a hot meal for you, and it doesn't heat up your kitchen. So, honestly, the minute what I call oven season kicks back in, that crock pot goes in the closet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they're indispensable for me.
0: Yeah, I'd love to get into
2: making some, like, vegetarian Mm -hmm. chili.
1: Yeah, it'd be good. good. Oh, yeah.
2: You can do anything with the crock pot. You can make chili. You can make your own vegetable stock for when you want to make soups. It's easy, you know. You just walk away. And (laughs) you won't. You won't. It won't cause your house to set on fire like on uh, This Is Us.
1: Oh God! <laughs> and you
2: won't die. Yeah. Wait. Did did main characters die from a crockpot
0: fire?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. Milo Ventimiglia's character dies in a crockpot fire <laughs> on that show.
1: <laughs> Why not?
2: The coziest death. He's still on the show though because it's all flashbacks. Flashbacks. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. most. Yeah. But he's, You just now know what that. What his were they cooking in the crockpot? I don't remember something. But
1: they knew that it was faulty. I think I can't
2: remember now. I just thought it was hilarious. Here I am. I thought it was hilarious that he died in a crockpot fire.
1: (laughs) It was just so silly, and he didn't. And he, I think he got smoke inhalation. Like he escaped. Yeah, he escaped the crockpot fire. But it smelled really good, though. And then he died chili
0: or whatever they were making. (laughs) The most delicious death. Well, thank you. I don't want to leave out any recipes that you prepared to share with us because we need all the help we can get. Is there? Are there any other dishes you'd like to? Uh, go over before we move on to the
2: next segment? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I like to make on Thanksgiving morning is f- uh, French toast bread pudding.
0: Oh my mm-hmm. God. Because... That's I a bold d- move on Thanksgiving morning because I usually try to starve myself until the meal.
1: And also, I usually...
0: I just, wa- just want to eat I need... so much on Thanksgiving. I'm never not
2: hungry. <laughs> and if you could see me, you would see what the evidence is of that. I'm a beautiful fat man. But the... um, Bread pudding sounds...
0: I've been getting more into bread pudding lately. There's like a... I think I mentioned actually one as a cozy location. There was a Filipino uh, bread uh, pudding company that is is open in
1: LA. I'm just impressed because usually you use the morning to prep, but you're whipping up
2: well, no, I'd do that. I'll do. I'll make that the night before. Put it. Oh, in the I, fridge. Oh,
1: oh, I see. Okay, I thought yeah. you were whipping it, it up in the morning another, of.
2: Because I need to watch every dorky moment of the Macy's Parade oh, on Jesus. Thanksgiving morning. Yes, it's it's <laughs> a lot. I cannot be away in the kitchen making food if and watch like child actors from Broadway shows jump around and lip sync. <laughs> I need to see them do those things. It is truly the highlight of my
0: year—the Macy's yeah. Thanksgiving Day Parade—and yes. I feel like a little kid because, you know, usually I'm with my mom on on Thanksgiving, and she, to this day I'm like in my 30s, and she's making food in the kitchen, and I'm over here in the living room, like like a five year old watching the, yeah. the parade.
2: Like, oh, look at them go! Years like, ago I, at the Macy's parade, they had a float that seemed like no one was on it, and then it stops in the middle of the of the parade route and Rick Astley pops out of a door and starts singing Never Gonna Give You
1: Up. It was
2: the Rickroll float, (laughs) and it was really part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I thought, this needs to be annual. This needs to be like the Snoopy balloon. I miss that one. We need Rick Astley in this parade every year, and I would like to lobby the Macy's people to bring him back annually. Well, they should make him a balloon. Just to do that. (laughs) Just to jump out of a door on a float and sing Never Gonna Mm -hmm. Give You Up.
1: And there's always headliners. I think this year, Diana Ross is going to perform. Right. And then John Legend, I believe. They both have Christmas albums. For
0: for me, it's all about the Broadway shows because just the drama of them (laughs) having to clear... that area right in front of Macy's and then they all have to dance out Yeah, and you can just see the stress on everyone's face. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've got and that. They that are so grin on oh, their face. terrified. Yeah. And of course they're not singing cause you couldn't hear them sing no. in that atmosphere. So it's all taped, but they're, they're, I mean, they're trying to hit their marks and it's clearly like, these are people who practice on the same stage constantly and then there's a new environment and they're trying to figure it out still cause they probably don't have that much prep time. Right. And It's just that most high-stress thing, and you can see it's really high stakes for them because this is their chance to pitch their show to middle America so that hopefully they come to New York and see the SpongeBob SquarePants musical, which, by the way, I am still furious about closing. (laughs) It was a really good show, and I'm mad at all of you, and I blame you all. Uh, Not even a year. It was really short. Um, I mean, I, it was longer than a year because they had previews in Chicago. It, it had like a history of development. So it was, it, I mean, for the actors, I think it was like three or four years of their life. But um, in terms of on broad, Just on, down the drain on, now. On Broadway, it was a very brief moment. right? And so, but you know, I know I got to see it, thankfully. I had my moment and um, had, I had a bikini bottom day. Hmm. But, you know, it, <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's those... I wonder what King Kong's going to do. Um, I don't know if that's going to... You bring that giant puppet. Up I history. hope they do. They better. I'm going to be yeah. pissed. Um, so I'm really excited to see all the Broadway shows. Like this is, I, I'm I cannot express how happy it makes me to see these terrified Broadway dancers, and it really is just the highlight of my year. Yeah, agree. And then so you're eating bread pudding while you're watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's
2: Good French toast, but it's French toast you bake. So you just like pour syrup all over it when you're done. When, you, when it comes out of the oven and then boom, breakfast. Beautiful. Breakfast while you watch a parade. It's <laughs> <laughs> lovely.
0: That sounds perfect. Yeah. All right. And any final thoughts on Thanksgiving dinner meal prep? I
1: mean, I'm hungry now. Just I know sounds, I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. It sounds everything we you, you describe sounds so great. Yeah. I've so many tips I learned. I mean, I things I didn't even think about before, like that turkey separating the skin with mm. the Putting the butter
2: sensual. It's sensual, really. So much butter. Yeah, butter is what makes everything great. Yeah, at
0: at at any in any meal. After you've like rubbed the turkey down with so much butter, do you feel like a kind of a connection to it? Like you're a little. I feel very connected to
2: it because I'm going to eat it in about four hours. Yeah,
0: it's a very intimate, you know, experience.
2: Yeah. We're we're friends now. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. is the your friend skin. I'm going
0: to eat? Yeah, yeah. eat you up. Do you have any traditions right after the meal that you all, like? I mean, sleep. like
2: football, just sleep? Oh, God. Can I? I know you all don't swear mm-hmm. on this, so I'm not going to, but F football. I, I, same. I feel like. I'm not interested. You know just it just really, stops
1: and goes. And what goes. I really yeah. don't
0: like about it is that my family will all retire to the living room. I like that part. But yeah. then like about half the family just starts watching football on TV. Yeah. And I guess it's good because everyone's sort of in a food coma, right. and it's a chance to kind of like stop talking to each other and just mm-hmm. sort of be around each other. Right. I kind of can appreciate that moment, yeah. but it's just so dreadfully boring for me, and I can't, right. I can't handle it. It's just I don't want to watch football. Right. Um, I think I feel like it, it just hypnotizes everybody into a stupor. Yeah. Um. So that's not really anything that I do, and I, I truly have never. Watched a football game when it's not when I'm not we, at a family Thanksgiving. We wind
2: up watching some dumb movie, mm-hmm. like you know, like the year one year we watched Funny Face, the Audrey Hepburn movie. Well, all the Christmas we movies start coming games. out. Yep. Uh Alonzo likes to break out the board games. What after board game that. do you usually like to play? Uh, well, we have <laughs> this is so ridiculous. We have an old mystery date game from the '60s, and. There's really nothing more fun than playing a mixed sexual orientation mm-hmm. group of people uh, mystery date game. How does it work? Do you hide someone behind a curtain or Well, it's it's y- y'all know what mystery date is, right? was it a game show? It was a board game. I thought it was a game show too. Oh, I'm sorry. Here I am thinking that I'm being culturally uh ubiquitous here. That's not the right word, but uh, okay. So, mystery ga- mystery date Was a board game for girls in the 1960s and in the 1970s, and I think it went all the way up to the 80s and 90s because I know that there is at least one later iteration where very young Chris Evans was one of the models for for the dates in this board game. Mm. Was it okay? And so uh,
0: I need to get that hold hold on there is a high school musical <laughs> edition of this board game
2: with Chris Evans in it and so anyway put that on my my christmas list it was you know you would walk around the board and then uh and you would roll the dice and then that would tell you how many spins uh on this plastic door in the middle of the board and who you got as a date was dependent on how many times you were allowed to spin the circle on the door. So there was a thing that would catch the cards underneath, and one would show up who was like the dream date, right? Mm-hmm. The handsome boy with the skis, like he's taking eh. you skiing. Well, here's the thing. They used to call the the, the worst guy the dud, mm-hmm. but the dud is the sexiest one <laughs> in Mystery Date. He's... He's been working on his car. He's got a t shirt on. He's covered in grease. <laughs> he looks like Jack Kerouac. You know, like and and you're like, yeah. All Throw right. away those skis. I yeah, want to so I all the need. I don't need Blonde Kendall. Bring the dud over here. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's hot. Yeah. Uh that's a fun game to play with, like gay guys and straight dudes and women who are all just sort of like there to play. Mm-hmm. And and invariably, one of our heterosexual male friends is always the one who wins the game. How do you win? By picking the hottest. Oh, but the hottest guy by definition of the game. Oh, okay. Who's that usually, is your yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, have yeah. To,
0: so you have to match the guy to your character.
2: I, I, I can't remember now who, how, what the rules wind up You're being. Selecting the ski outfit, and then if you get the skier. Ah, uh, oh. yeah. So anyway, uh, we play stupid board games like that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Fun I want to, to play me. that game.
0: <laughs> well, I guess on the topic of Chris Evans and mystery dates, the, <laughs> the cozy celebrity owl has arrived and he's asking, who, who will we pick today on you celebrities that call us? <laughs> Actually, we already went over mine because I. I I picked Holly Hunter last year, last Thanksgiving, for the Home home for the Holidays. And I realized that I'm so stoked for the Thanksgiving parade that I just went with everyone. Every Broadway actor in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is my cozy celebrity. (laughs) That's a good choice. (laughs) For every reason I've already outlined. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. But, oh, man, do I... I usually find, like, um, watching that, like, I'll find, like, one new person to crush on Watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, right? But mostly, the best part about it is just watching these um, Broadway stars either do their thing, and you they're in your living room, and it's amazing. Or you see these truly awful looking productions. You kind of just get to revel in their mediocrity, right? Which also I just enjoy
2: for its on its own merit. How cold is Sutton Foster when it's twenty seven degrees <laughs> outside in New York? Yeah, it's it, I, honestly I think
0: performing like. In the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, should be an Olympic sport. They should be. They should. We should have Broadway stars yeah. compete, and the real ones should be able to sing while also dancing mm-hmm. in a in a com, in a place that's completely inhospitable to yes. sound. <laughs> <laughs> and if we can hear Agreed. them over the din of New York tourists, then they win. That's uh, a great game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my, celeb- my Those yeah, are my celebrities that call me it's on choice, Thanksgiving. Very timely. Um, Jillian, who is your celebrity that calms you?
1: hope I didn't see him yet. Ted Danson.
0: I'm certain you did.
1: I'll say him again. <laughs> I,
0: I've never felt more certain of anything in my life that you've already know, mentioned Ted think, Danson. I
1: don't think I have. Yeah, maybe I did.
0: Sometimes you have a May, go-to. Maybe Matt. Yeah, Jillian, I'm going to have to start doing a prerequisite of you have going into <laughs> our show notes and looking someone up before you pick a cozy celebrity. He's
1: done it too. But have I, th- I? I think you've picked him. I don't think I've picked him.
0: I'm going to check right now, but t- tell us why Ted Danson's oh, your somebody that calms you.
1: Okay, so... I hadn't been watching The Good Place, but I started watching it. And I love
0: The Good Place; it's so good. I
1: love him on that. He's a, cozy, he's a char- cozy character on that. And then I just, you know, he's a co- it was a workhorse. I've been watching him for years, and he's just, I don't think he gets enough credit that he deserves. So that's why he's my cozy pick. You're looking on the list now.
0: I am. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredibly cozy pick. I, I love I love him for all the reasons you just described.
1: God, there's eight things for Ted.
0: No, I mean it's more like just like haunt Ted. <laughs> Target's head. Yeah, episode 12, Ted I Danson. Cho- but
1: I chose who, Hugh Grant.
0: Did you? I think I did.
1: No, I chose Hugh Grant. Well, I chose Ted Danson. Well, I can't keep track of what you... I can only tra- keep track of me.
0: No, no, you can keep track of both of us because we have a database.
1: You know what? You've done it before, too. Have I? Who? Yeah.
0: Who, who I have I picked before on Celebrities That call Us? I
1: can't. I'm only responsible for myself.
0: <laughs> well... Ted Danson's so cozy. We named him twice. <laughs> right. I had a... Um, is, is it the puffy hair from, I think from I,
2: Cheers that you're... That well, for me, it's the bow tie you? in Good in okay. good Place. His cute little bow ties Oh, are, the Good Place is he's yeah. on the Good Place now. That's yeah, right. Yeah, he's good on... Yeah. He doesn't have the puffy hair anymore. No. That he had on Cheers.
1: No more puff.
2: Dave, the celebrity that calms you? Tracy Thorne. Okay, who is that? She is the singer for the... Uh, the band Everything but the Girl. Now, Everything but the Girl hasn't been r- actively recording in a very long time, but they had one big hit in the United States in the '90s called "Missing." And I miss you like the deserts miss the rain. Oh, that, yes. That okay. Very cozy. It's a cozy jam. Um, it's the saddest dance hit of all time, <laughs> and uh, it is uh. It's it's well, it's a beautiful song, but but they released many albums in the eighties and nineties, and now she releases solo records. The quality of her voice, it's this very warm alto uh voice, and invariably her singing calms me down, soothes me. Um I think of her vocally in the same way that I think about Karen Carpenter because Karen Carpenter's voice has the same effect on me. I feel sort of enveloped by her singing. And uh, a few years ago, because this is the Thanksgiving episode and we're about to move into Christmas, a few years ago, Tracy Thorne released a, a, uh, a Christmas album called Tinsel and Lights, and it's a good title, because everything but the girl was always a little emotionally sort of downcast uh she really has leaned into this on this Christmas album and has recorded like a lot of covers of other people's songs, but they're all sort of downbeat Christmas songs, like really digging into that inherent sadness of Christmas and uh, it's such a beautiful record. If you want to have that little moment of melancholy with your Christmas celebration, and let's be real, everyone does want Who doesn't? A, mm-hmm. a little bit of yeah. that. She also has a memoir that came out a few years ago called Bedsit Disco Queen, and it's wonderful. She writes a column, I think, for The Guardian or The Independent in England, because she's sort of post-celebrity now. Like mm-hmm. Her moment of being a famous pop singer is sort of not, like she still releases records, but it's not, you know, she's not tearing up anybody's pop charts anymore. And so she has this very sort of warm, authentic quality in her writing and in the music. And I think she's
1: Sounds fantastic. That's
2: yeah. I'm going to check out that Christmas album. You should. Yeah. Absolutely, you should. I, I re- would- cannot recommend it enough. If you like any kind of Christmas music, mm-hmm. it's a really good one. I've been I've been looking for a successor to
0: the Kelly Clarkson Christmas album, which still ranks as my favorite new album. Like right. I, I I can't believe how good wrapped in Red. that's not that's not wrapped in, is it wrapped in red? Yeah, it's wrapped in red. Yeah. Um, I should trust myself. I know I know the mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson album inside and out. It's it's amazing. I'm gonna add that to my my playlist.
2: There's another one similar similarly the band the band, uh, Low, has a Christmas album as well, and they are. Somber. Are they also <laughs> British? No, they're from Minnesota. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> yeah. a Curveball. Yeah. Depressing in a different way. They, yeah. That's uh, my jam is sad, and, well, and I'm into it.
0: No, that's going to fit yeah. in well in our house because my husband's obsessed with Bright Eyes, so we have all the Connor Oberst, oh, Christmas well, songs, then, yeah. and you Sufjan Stevens. Low, you need that low, and so for sure. it's all like. Guys singing very softly with some acoustic guitar. Yep. So we're, I'm ready <laughs> yeah, for that's this. Up yeah, <laughs> All right, so it's time to wind things down with our candle review. Now I'm very excited about this candle, so I have a little tale to tell about it. Yesterday I was out shopping um, while the world's on fire, and <laughs> I was like just inhaling the smoke, but I was right. still just out and about some for some reason. Oh, because of Pokemon Go, and um, and so. Walking on the street and I see a Pier 1 and I can't not stop into a Pier 1. I have never, I never have any intention of buying anything in a Pier 1, but I did this time because mm-hmm. they had, they have these gigantic candles that are three-wick candles and they were two for $20. Oh, or, so is it, it was good a good deal. Like a $10 candle of this size, I was very satisfied by. I, I snagged two. One was a Palo Santo candle because I love my woody scents, but the candle that we're smelling right now is a Pier 1 candle called Welcome Home, which already, very cozy name. That's a
2: cozy name.
0: I couldn't even tell you what the notes are. I don't know what this candle is supposed to be, Um, because there's no description of... I Maybe, actually, I might hop online really quickly to see what they say on the (laughs) website while we discuss it. As soon as I smelled it, I I had to to try it. So... um, I mean, it comes in like it's a glass, it's a dark glass container. It's a white candle, three uh, wicks. It's
1: interesting because it's three wicks, but mm-hmm. it's not really giving up a strong scent.
0: I think it is. I think you've acclimated to it because you. it's been, you've, you're you the frog in the pot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as it were. It has almost a vanilla smell. Mm-hmm. There's me. definitely vanilla. a vanilla element to it. Yeah. So you two talk about what you think, and I'm going to look up the
2: the official description. It's not... Citrusy and clean. No, it's, it's
1: vanilla. It's sweet with cinnamon.
2: Vanilla and like almost food yeah. quality uh, to it,
1: like cake mix. Them,
2: oh yes, very much. Like like, there's a cake baking mm-hmm. in the house. Uh, but you're right, Matt, because there's not a. It's three wicks. It's a big candle with three mm-hmm. wicks, and it's a very light. gentle, yeah, light, very
1: light, which we like uh, here. We don't an
2: obtrusive like. kind of scent.
1: Yeah, we don't like strong candles here. I like uh, it. It's just, I mean, it's, I think there's nothing right home about.
2: I would wonder if I were, uh, if I walked into someone's house, if I would immediately smell it, or if I would have to go close to it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sitting here in a chair, waving my hand to make it come to me. Mm-hmm. So its throw is not very strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alonso says he can smell it.
1: Well, I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe we need to clear our, our nostrils. Maybe
0: know. I should have used the neti pot this morning. Yeah, I feel it's so, okay. I so I burned it. the the Palo Santo one last night, and it like filled the whole apartment. It was so strong, we actually had to move it into the kitchen. <laughs> um, and I feel like this one has a similar quality. It might be because we're so we were acclimated to it because we 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 light the candle as soon as we start, and so sometimes I think that kind of makes us nose blind yeah, to it a little bit. Yeah, maybe we do it halfway right. in. This is the official description of the, of the candle. It's a musk-infused blonde cedar blended with aromatic spice notes and complemented with undertones of soft sandalwood rich birch wood, and a subtle hint of hickory smoke. Huh. And I think actually what, I, what I'm what i picking up on that I love about it is that smokiness yeah. to it. I to do it. like smoky
1: candles. and it's the spiciness that I'm smelling.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know what? It yeah. just smells like my Aunt Barbara's house. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's kind, kind of, of like that kind connection. of like... Yeah, yeah. It's it's like, you know, it smells like Pier 1. That's what it smells like. It smells like a lot of, you know, like a Michaels or like a craft store, like a right. lot of fake wood mm-hmm. and fake plants. I don't know. It just has that kind of um, home odor <laughs> the, the musky homemaker smell that some, like that some people can just seemingly make their whole home smell like the fireplace is on. And I feel like that kind of has yep. this, this sort of has that note. Um, and well, so I'm in love with this candle. You get
1: your bang for your buck. So yeah. I think that's yes, why I'll give ten,
2: it. $10 candle. Mm-hmm. I'll give yeah. it
1: half a wick just because it's good. You know, get your bang for your buck, but I, it's something Not strong special for, for me, yeah. I guess. So half a wick for me. It's a full wick. Yeah. So two and a it's, half.
0: It's two one, and it's, uh, yeah, two and a half. Right? I, 'Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a, a full wick. You're giving a full uh, wick.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think it's it's doing what I, I wanted
2: it to do. I personally tend to go in my own home for uh candles that really like
0: mm-hmm.
2: permeate the room. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I want you to know it <laughs> when you walk in. But I see the appeal of the of the of the gentle, subtle candle as mm-hmm. well. And you know. For ten (laughs) bucks,
0: that's what you're gonna get. Yeah, something gentle. Yeah, I think I think it's it it provides like a homey scent. Yeah, a pleasant uh, yeah pleasant suburban housewife (laughs) (laughs) scent. I I said I'm I'm getting from it. It almost smells like uh, Brett and I were talking last night. It kind of just smells like grandma. (laughs) It's
1: like a grandma grandma quality to it. (laughs) That's a modern grandma. That
0: would be
2: the name of the candle. Smells like grandma.
0: But yeah, so, and then my, the final thing I have to say about this candle is that on the bottom it says, uh, bougie, everything's in French. Cause I don't know why Like it's like, it, it, I guess right. it adds some, some fancy pants. Nature it makes you to think it. it makes you think it's fancy. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's bougie parfume du foyer. Yeah. That's, I said that in the least French way, but I, I it's, it's smells to me like it, it smells to me. It sounds to me like they're just saying it's a bougie foyer. Decor thing <laughs> It's something That kind of candle I think a lot of people Would just buy And then keep re-gifting Over many Christmases <laughs> mm. But I love it Alright So that, that about does it For our Thanksgiving episode
1: Thank you so much uh, Yeah,
0: Thank you Dave For joining now us I'm for am starving your, we, Yeah we're starving And we really needed Someone to walk us through Thank food, you f-
2: Meal prep So, so thank you So much for having me Oh yeah no. I lo- I, You guys I love this show I love coming on this Aww. show I'm just always thrilled To be here we are um, we are thrilled anytime. to have you,
0: and we're always thrilled to be on Linoleum Knife. And Linoleum Knife is an amazing podcast of the cinema that you ought to be listening to and subscribing to on Patreon. I think that you
2: should listen to it. I'm on it. <laughs> so is Alonzo Duralde. We're married, and we have a we're film critics, and we do a film podcast. And
0: there it's a really
2: cozy because they Very talk. Cozy. They
0: don't just talk about the movies; they talk about their own. No, we're pretty much talking about what I'm making for Sunday. Dinner exactly. Too. No, but yeah. it's really yeah, great. You get more cooking tips. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. You, We're you, arguing about something. Yeah, it's... it's What I love about your, the Linoleum Knife is, like, it's like you're at the, the table with the both of you, yeah. and it's a really just warm atmosphere. And yeah, you get to hear about the latest
2: movies. There's no studio. It's our dining room table. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: very cozy.
0: So check out Linoleum Knife if you haven't already. I'm sure that a lot of you already listen. <laughs> um, I hope. But if if you don't, you're missing out. Go check out Linoleum Knife, Podcast of the Cinema. Where can people find you otherwise, aside from the podcast?
2: Uh... Instagram, Twitter. I'm D. Leland White. My middle name is Leland, L E L A N D. So uh, that's it. That's awesome. where you find me. And you can find us at All Things Cozy Podcast
1: and our Facebook group
0: on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and you know, if you have a chance, you know, we're very thankful for you as listeners, um, and we're always grateful for five star reviews. So if you have a moment, um, and you can stop by Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a rating, it means a lot. We've been getting a lot more ratings lately, and it makes us feel really good, Mm -hmm. so keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate it. And have a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.
1: Not a Friendsgiving.
0: (laughs) Bye, everyone. Stay cozy.